Welcome to the Connected Mom Podcast, where we have conversations about connecting more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. I'm your host, Becky Harling, and I have with me today my beautiful co-host, Sarah Wildman. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Becky. It's so good to be here. And we have two special guests with us here today. So let's tell what they're going to be talking about with us. I know. I'm so excited today because I love these two guests. So I want you to know I'm going to do a very short introduction. It'll all be in the show notes because I really want to get into it. So Dr. Helen McIntosh, is that the way you say your last name, Helen? I just knew it was Dr. Helen. And, uh, We have Dr. Helen, that's what we're going to call her, and her daughter, Blythe Daniel, who is a very dear friend of mine. And they wrote the book together called Mended. You know, relationships between mothers and daughters can be extremely complicated. And we are continuing a conversation here on the Connected Mom podcast that we began in our last episode. In our last episode, we had author Debbie Alsdorf talking about her book, it's complicated, And it is. It's very complicated at times between mothers and daughters. But I thought it would be fun to have Blythe and Dr. Helen on because they wrote the book together as mother and daughter called Mended. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So today's episode is really going to give you hope that there can be healing between mothers and daughters, no matter what's happened in the past. So Dr. Helen, you had quite the story growing up. Tell us a little bit about your mom's story and how that impacted your desire to connect with Blythe, who's your daughter. Right. Well, thank you for this opportunity to hopefully encourage those who are watching and listening. (laughs) Um, My mother was very bright and giving, loving in, at times, really a quite a, an outstanding person, but she developed over the years a tremendous anger problem that was so difficult. Oh my goodness, and I was the target mm. for the most part. Um, she dealt with depression, anxiety, alcohol, uh, many things. And we had, sweet. this is what was confusing, we had sweet times, but then we had difficult times, and I had had heard always that what you focus on, you will become. And so I felt like I was even living a double life because I was so trying to be mm-hmm. intentional to not replicate the the drama. And by this time, I had my sweet Blythe, and I certainly didn't want to hurt her as I had been wounded. So um, my mother is deceased now. She. She died probably 20 years ago, but uh, and we ended fairly well. <laughs> so that's what Blythe and I are about. We want to share the principles that we learned in those terrible early years that have really helped us to have an even stronger relationship. You know, we didn't just moderate. We mm-hmm. really we t- embraced mm-hmm. those principles, and I think it made us stronger. And mom always hoped that her story could help others, and I believe it has, because she was very regretful about the pain that she inflicted on me. And 
we have used it for good, right, mm-hmm. Blythe? Yeah. <laughs> and I think that our own mother issues can so impact how we connect with our own mothers. Sarah, what were you going to say? Well, just in y'all's experience, where do mothers and daughters most often get it wrong or have conflict? I know a lot of listeners can relate, but in your experience, where does it go wrong most of the time? I would say if I could choose just two things to talk about, it would be words and control. The words we use are so important. I know Proverbs eighteen twenty one is one of my favorites right now that it's just so clear in scripture there are umpteen verses that talk about the importance of our words and my mom's words were sadly damaging but god's words and words that restorative words that we give to one another in relationship make it okay but we need to be very careful about our our words because they stick and it is really hard to unhear those damaging words And then I'd say control is the other one. We have worked real hard, haven't we, Blythe, to not be controlling. And we uh, have put in the mended book some, hopefully, some questions that we can ask one another in order to share what's on our hearts but not be controlling. So those are two that are really important. Mm. So, Blythe, this question is for you. If there's been distance between mother and daughter, you know, and maybe you haven't connected for a while or the connections that you have had have not been great. How does a daughter take initiative to open the conversation? I mean, a lot of our listeners are daughters. Yes. And and the word that you've used, Becky, is so good, initiative. A lot of times, daughters don't take initiative and sometimes mothers don't take initiative with their daughters because of the fear of rejection. And so I think the first step is to say I to yourself, I really want to have this relationship or I want to make things better between us. And so just even being able to say that to the other person, as you've said it to yourself, to then say to the other person, I know that things aren't where they need to be, or I know things could be better between us. And I want to do my part to help us get there. So you're taking the responsibility for yourself, even if that person has done most of the wrong or that person has distanced themselves from you. Mm. When you put yourself in a place of honoring the other person, respecting them, even if they don't deserve it um, (laughs) because they've not acted right or they've hurt you. But when we can put ourselves really before the Lord as we do this to say, Um, I I choose you. Like I I choose to have a conversation with you. I want to have a conversation with you and, and see where we, um, where we can start new today. Um, One of the things that mom has really taught me has been that we don't have to go back over years and years of history and try to name every single thing that has gone on between mothers and daughters, but start where you are right now. And, and of course, some of those things will come up in your conversations, but it's not like you have to solve every single problem in the past in order to start mm-hmm. a relationship. So it's just acknowledging, um, I want I want to talk to you. I've missed you. I want to have a closer relationship with you. That might not feel possible for you right now, but it's on my heart. And, and then we can go into more of a conversation of, um, here's the things that matter to me. And how would you see us moving forward together? 
um, give the other person a chance to respond and maybe give their perspective on what they've seen that they would want to see in the relationship that wasn't there. It's just a way of humbly asking, what do you think that we can do moving forward? How would you see me responding to you? How would you see me approaching you? I think when we can be as honest as that, we don't have to have a polished script, but those kinds of invitations into conversation can be a great starter. Healing words mm-hmm. in place of the damaging mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, when things haven't gone well with moms and daughters, there's a lot of hurt. So even maybe a, a daughter that knows she should do that should seek to initiate restoration. How how do you first deal with that hurt? And what, what are some tips on that? Because mm. I feel like that could easily lead the conversation. And, and that's very valid, right? But I guess my, my question is more about the hurt that did happen and how we walk forward with that. Yes. Go ahead, Bly. You know, I, I think part of when you when you can refrain from starting a conversation with, you've hurt me so much, and certainly you want to acknowledge that there has been awkwardness, pain, hurt. Um, but when you lead with, I, d- I want to have a conversation with you. I want to talk to you. and And then you can talk about, you know, like, for, you know, asking another person, what do you see that needs to happen in our relationship? Yeah. Again, we're, we're, we're starting there. And then, you know, you can say, if they don't ask you, what do you think? But you can say, I, I know that I've experienced hurt from you and in, in the ways that I've asked God um, to restore my heart. And, and maybe that's the point which, where the other person might say something to you, I'm sorry, because they've seen you model humility. Um, so how do you process hurt before you even have this conversation? I would say process that with the Lord, like write it out mm-hmm. in a journal, pray. Maybe you're seeking counseling to help work through that hurt and pain before you even come to the daughter or the mother so that you don't want to just spill it all out in front of them. But there is a place where you can say, I want to learn to trust you. I know that I have lost some trust in mm-hmm. you because of the hurt that I've experienced in our conversations, the way that you treated me in this such and such situation, but I choose to forgive you. So again, and it isn't saying that it never happened, but some of the time you're dealing with a lot of the hurt before you have this conversation, you may be working with a counselor, like I said, but I think it's important that you don't bring every situation into the conversation where you're wanting to restore, but you could even say, can we go back to that time where in front of my friends, you said this to me, and this is how I felt. And, and I'm choosing to forgive you because I honor you and I love you, but I need you to know that that's how it made me feel. So you can do it in a way where you're talking about your hurt and your pain, but it isn't a blame game. It is acknowledging the pain. You're not saying I'm a better person because I've forgiven you, but you are able to say with God's help, I'm choosing to forgive you with God's help. I'm moving forward and I want you to move forward with me. So those are some ways, Sarah, mm-hmm. I think that that can acknowledge the hurt without hurting the other person in the process. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I love how sensitively you answered that, Blythe. And I guess um, a follow-up question would be, what do you say to the woman who maybe the mom doesn't think she's done anything wrong, but the daughter's really been hurt. She needs to forgive, but to say, I forgive you, mom, when mom doesn't think she's done anything, how does that look? What does that look like? You know, my mother never did ask my forgiveness. 
after decades of difficulty and pain and anguish. And she even had it, you know, as an instruction at, at AA, it's numbers four through nine, <laughs> but she never chose to ask me. But I realized mm. in those years mm. with my relationship with God that he was the one in charge of my emotions. And I had he led mm. me to forgive her whether she ever asked that question or not. Plus, he um, began to teach me that I was not to get my love, joy, and peace from a relationship or from her, that I needed to be accurate and be clear about the, the hurt and pain and where it came from. But we were never meant to um, let a relationship drive us. It's our relationship with the Lord that covers that all. I know so many women who just are, are languish because they their relationships are not going well, and so they they are so um, d depressed or sad because of that. But our we we are to get past that. The Lord would really want us to be healed from that dependency. It's a it's a dependency, and we need to just be dependent on God and it's it's really a reality it's not just good words it works <laughs> mm -hmm. and you know sometimes um Becky back to that question I think about how some women don't know how much they've hurt people their daughter their family members and and I have like longed for the Lord to intercede and show them that where I'm not the person that has mm -hmm. to show them how they've hurt me, but that we can pray and we can ask God to show them what needs to change in their heart. And I do believe in the power of prayer. All of this is bathed in prayer of going to God, even before you would have a conversation with a mother or a daughter and ask God, show me what I'm even supposed to say and how I'm supposed to bring it up. Um, but again, I think our job is to really take into account how we're behaving and how, what our choices have been. Sometimes that will prompt a mother or a daughter to say, well, you know what? I actually wasn't very honest with you or actually, you know, maybe I could have done that different. So they might go into the conversation, the other person not acknowledging that they've done something, but when you've come to them humbly and taken account for your own actions, it could lead them to to take account for theirs. Now they may never. And as mom said, she had to choose to forgive her mom, even though her mom never acknowledged the wrong and the hurt. And, and I think that's where on this side of eternity, we have to acknowledge that some things aren't going to always resolve the way we want them to. And, but it doesn't mean we don't try. Um, but, but they may never own their stuff. They may never own those things. And we have to unfortunately be willing to let that go and to know that God will, God will prevail justice um, and, and there will be ways that he will speak to your heart and heal your heart when the other person doesn't, doesn't ask for forgiveness or doesn't acknowledge, um, their difficulties. We've seen this in mothers and daughters. We've seen some daughters and mothers heal in those places. And we've seen some where the daughter walks away feeling like they've done everything they can and the mom's not taken any responsibility and they've learned they're being able to go on in life is not based on how their mother, um, would would see them, but they they do know that God sees them as whole and restored. And and it's I know it's hard to focus on on that side of it rather than the healing that you would love to have. Um, but we never know how God will work. We never know how that person might turn around and come back at some point and acknowledge. So we live in the moments, don't we, ladies? We we <laughs> yes. live in the now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. One of the visuals 
that we put in the book, uh, a word picture that God gave me some time ago, were two cups bumping. And this helped me to clear up what were my issues and what were my mother's issues. So if you can picture our two, us as two cups bumping, what comes out of each cup is what is in one's heart. Mm -hmm. So she used to say, you make me so mad when I didn't think I'd done a thing and probably didn't. But it helped me to see that it was her anger. It wasn't mine. And I didn't cause it. It came out of her heart. So maybe that visual will help. And recently, maybe just a month ago, God gave me another visual. I need word pictures personally. I don't know about you girls, but... Um, this was when someone's not taking responsibility and you've got your eyes on them, you know, saying to yourself, well, they need to do this and they need to be kind to me and they need to ask my forgiveness, etc." God said, uh, you know, the wonderful section in Matthew that talks about the speck and the log in your eye. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, he said, Helen, I want you to picture a tennis court and I want you to keep your eyes on your side of the court, not the other side of the court. Mm. So uh, I leave you with that visual. It has come hand real handy this last month. I love that. You know, Helen, one of the things that I most admire about you is that because you grew up with such a dysfunctional mother, you know, you took steps and got your doctorate in counseling and psychology. And I just like love that. So I just want to affirm you. I mean, what a great way to send a message to Blythe. Hey, I want to do this different. And in fact, so much so that I'm going to get a degree in this so that I understand, you know, how to hand something better on. I just, I just really, really love that. And I think what a gift to your daughter. And the other thing that I love is as Helen is passing down this new legacy to Blythe, Blythe, I, I know you well, right? So I watched the way you're doing it with your daughters and you're passing down a different kind of legacy to your daughters. And so while there can be a ripple effect of dysfunction, there's also the ripple effect of grace in changing the script. And that can go on through generations and God can use that for generations to come. So I, I kind of love that, right? And so, um, Sarah, it, in our relationships with our kids and especially, well, you have two sons, but I know for me, mm -hmm. I have three daughters and a daughter-in-law and I want all those relationships to be really strong, you know, and there have been moments where I have said to my girls, you know, uh, how are you experiencing me right now? Cause I, I want to do this better, you know? And, um, and I know the girls have reached out to their daughters. And so there really is hope. I think even when things have not been the best between mothers and daughters. And, and so I, I just really love that. So my hat's off to you, Helen. Thank, Thank you <laughs> for starting the ripple effect of grace in your family. And I, I mean, I just kind of love that. And um, <laughs> so let me ask you this, Helen, since I know Blythe so well, I mean, was Blythe the perfect daughter all along? Did, was she always, you know, 
perfect in this journey? You know, I'm going to say pretty much she really was, although I knew that she, <laughs> she struggled. With so Blythe that. is shaking her head no, and you're saying pretty she much. Really, she was as good as they come. She really was. She was just fabulous. Well, that's the testimony of a good mother right there, <laughs> right? Because we see our girls through rose glasses, and yet, you know, all of us have had our moments, right? And so as we offer each other grace, then we will receive grace. So there's a ricochet effect to that. And so, you know, how do you handle unhealthy generational patterns beyond what you did, Helen? I mean, you you clearly took very tangible steps, like I'm not going to pass this down to my daughter and to my son. And so what are some steps that you can give our listeners? Let's say they grew up with a really dysfunctional mom um, and they want to hand something different down to their kids. I mean, I, I have been asked this question a lot recently. How do I not pass this on to the next generation? What tangible tips do you have for them? Well, thank you for the opportunity to talk just a little bit more about my divine blight. <laughs> what I was most concerned about passing along were my imperfections, my dysfunction with my mother. And uh so that was my focus, and I think that is also the answer to your question. And you had that conversation recently, you just said, with your daughters. And it's coming to them and saying, you know, I really don't want to be, and this is the conversation I had with Blythe many times, I don't want to be an angry mom. I don't want to pass on the difficulties that my mother and I had. So Blythe, would you please let me know mm -hmm. if you see me controlling or being angry or, you know, 10 other things, would you let me know? And you can tell me, Blythe, if you want, if you see these things, because I really do want to know. And she, hopefully, I'm not sure she ever had that conversation with me, but she, it's still open. So, <laughs> and that accountability, I guess, would be, that's what it's called and humility and putting yourself mm. wide open with your those below you. I, Blythe and I are committed to a legacy of love for our family. But part of that is really expressing in words mm. the brokenness and the mistakes that we've made and our hope that um, and belief that God will help them to do it better. And I think that honesty and that Prayerful hope is huge. I'm beginning to see more and more what Romans 8.28 is all about, that God really will take mm. the things that we've messed up on and work them together for good. Mm -hmm. That covers so much territory. I think just ongoing check, checking on your, your integrity with your children and asking them open-ended questions like, if we were to do something this week, what would you see me doing? What do you need to see from me? What do you see me doing that would be helpful to you? Just continuing to lay yourself before them is it's probably the next thing I'd say. I would also just say, too, that I think a lot of times when we want to do something different than has been done to us, a lot of it is how we see ourselves in that process. And I think about David and how close that he was to the Lord. And we all know the sin 
numerous sins that he um, that he was involved in, and yet. I was reading recently in 2 Samuel where he was saying this is the prayer that he was praying before the Lord. And he even said to in that prayer, um, he was talking about how um, God knows him, he's his rock, his fortress. And he says, he's the God of my life. And when I've, I have no sin in God and I'm before the Lord, like he acknowledged that he was saying, I have no sin because he knew he was forgiven. And so I love that here, David, who had messed up in some places and knew there were generations behind him, he could acknowledge that God was the God of forgiveness. And so I think he began to see himself differently for his own family line. And so I think that's what we need to do as well is to recognize that we've all messed up, but we can see ourselves as God sees us, which Mm. is loved and forgiven. And in that spirit, we can move forward with our families, not expecting perfection, but expecting that God will bless our family when we ask him, when we come before him and acknowledge him. Mm. I love that. I love that so so much. So we are almost out of time, Sarah, and I'm going to throw the ball to you and ask you, would you recap some of these principles that Blythe and Helen gave us? Because I think our listeners had the opportunity to glean so much from this conversation. So would you recap, Sarah? Well, I think what's beautiful about this book title that you guys have titled Mended, I love that that shows that despite all the brokenness, that God still can restore. So I just wanted to start with that. I think their title is just beautiful Mm. and and a real encouragement to moms and daughters who maybe need to take that first step in this journey, right? So thank you ladies for writing it, first of all. I just wanted to say that. But I think with the summary, it's those words and and what Helen shared about um, instead being conscious of it, but then using God's words instead. And I think, wow, that's, that's such good advice for us as moms and daughters. And then also really working through that hurt and pain first and wanting them, um, your mom, to enter that journey with you, right? So that there's restoration. I think that's really special. Mm-hmm. And Blythe, I love your emphasis on prayer and how we go to God first before we even open the conversation. Because I think sometimes, you know, when a person is in a place of hurt, the temptation is, I got to fix this. I got to fix this. So I'm just going to go to my mom and say, hey, I want to fix us. And your mom might be side blind by that you know she might be blindsided that's the word I'm looking for and so I love the idea of spending significant time in prayer asking God to prepare your mom for the conversation or you know for you as a mom if you're looking to mend your relationship with your daughter going to prayer and asking God to prepare your daughter for that conversation. And then I loved some of what you said, Helen, about like, I I really value our relationship, you know, so please tell me if I'm coming across this way or that way. I think that's huge. And so often I think as women get older, they can grow a little bit more defensive. But I loved the way you used the word open, You know, we want to be open Mm -hmm. because then you're inviting your daughter into that space. And I just I just love this whole thing. I love you both so much. I also know you wrote a book called I Love You, Mom. That is a great gift you can give to your mom. 
And so, Sarah, at the end of this podcast, we're going to have information on where our listeners can get in touch with Helen and Blythe, where they can buy the book Mended. And honestly, if you have a strained relationship with your mother or if you have a strained relationship with your daughter, I really want to encourage you to go to Amazon right now, look up Mended and buy the book. And then spend some time in prayer and really take your time going through the book because the book is filled with practical suggestions. And this I know, our time in life on earth is short and we never know how long we have with our mothers. So do the work and try to repair the relationship now. Hey, Blythe, would you close us out with prayer and would you pray for all the listeners out there who have listened to this? We've given them a lot to think about and, you know, some of them are thinking, yeah, but you don't know my mom and I don't know how this is going (laughs) to go. So can you just pray for them right now and then I'll end our podcast. God, we're so grateful for the opportunity to just share openly with those who are listening um, who might find themselves in a place of just pure discouragement right now with their relationships with a mother or a daughter, or it could be another family member. So Father, what we've shared today is just our hope is always in you. And, and we would ask that we would receive fresh grace and fresh words to use in our families Father, we know that your desire is for restoration. I mean, you purchased the Israelites, Father. You took them out of their bondage and out of their slavery. Father, you opened them up to a new land. And so, Father, we pray for new lands being opened up in families now. We pray for each woman who's hearing to be encouraged that you're not finished writing the story in their family yet, Father. Um, we know that when things aren't where we would want them to be, it's not that that's the final story. It's it's that we continue to pray and press in towards gaining restoration and healing in our relationships. And so we partner with you. We pray to you. We come before you and we lift up our family members and we acknowledge our part in, in the relationship. And we acknowledge what we could have done better, what we can do better. And we trust you. We leave it up to you, Father. We don't control each other, but we We certainly submit ourselves to you. So for every person listening, maybe we today see ourselves as your daughter who humbly comes before you and asks to intervene and to work in our family relationship so that we can be your your more effective kingdom workers, that we we are women who are healed and are able to help heal other families by the way that we've been healed. And that's the goal. The goal would be to just continue to love you well and love each other well while we're here. So Father, we pray all of this in your powerful name. Amen. Amen. Hey friends, thank you for listening to the Connected Mom podcast and we'll catch you next time in our next episode where we'll have conversations about connecting more deeply with God, more empathically with our fellow moms and more intentionally with our kids. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, all you moms out there, this is Becky Harling, and I love creating resources to help you connect more empathically with your child. One of those resources is a book that I wrote called How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. 
one of the greatest skills you can cultivate, really enhance that connection with your child is the skill of listening. So how well do you really listen? This book is loaded with practical ideas to get your kids talking and to help you as you listen. You can buy it wherever Christian books are sold. You can order it on Amazon or anywhere else. So I hope you'll get a copy of the book and put the work into listening to your child.